You are listening to Roadie Radio, Rhode Island Library Radio Online. When you're listening to Roadie Radio, you know you're listening to something good. Bicycles, public libraries, and storytelling. They just so happen to be some of my favorite things. And maybe they're some of your favorite things, too. In honor of National Bicycle Month, we bring you today's episode featuring stories from the East Bay Bike Path. I'm your host, Jessica Diavanza, Community Engagement Librarian at Barrington Public Library. We're located only a half mile from the East Bay Bike Path. We have bike racks and outdoor Wi-Fi. Come and visit us. But wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. Did you know that there are over 60 miles of bike paths in Rhode Island and just over 50 public libraries? If you were to ride the East Bay bike path, beginning in Providence's Fox Point neighborhood and ending at Independence Park in Bristol, you would ride by six public libraries. Since 1956, the League of American Bicyclists promotes National Bicycle Month during the month of May and Bike to Work Week, which this year took place May 17th to the 23rd. In our call for listener stories about the bike paths of Rhode Island, the East Bay Bike Path got a lot of love. So we really should call this episode a love letter to this nearly 14-mile scenic path and former rail bed of the Providence and Bristol Railroad. It was built in four phases, from 1987 to 1992. There is even a 10-mile stretch that is part of the East Coast Greenway, a walking and biking route that stretches 3,000 miles from Maine to Florida. Further on in this episode, we will hear how the COVID-19 pandemic has impacted the use of the East Bay bike path, some tips for beginners heading out onto the bike path, and information about accessibility from Cindy Elder of the Rhode Island Department of Environmental Management. We will also meet Kathleen Gannon, bike chair of the Rhode Island Bicycle Coalition, a statewide advocacy group who works to encourage safe bicycling infrastructure for all ages. But first, let's hear some stories, because that's what the title of this episode promised. I'm Robin Nizio, and I live in Pawtucket, not far from the Blackstone Boulevard. So I get onto the Blackstone River Bikeway in Providence and followed into India Point Park on a weekly basis. I like to ride early in the morning. Today I was out there at 5.15, just as the sun started to show its beautiful colors at sunrise. I love seeing the changes in the trees and plants all along the way. The area near the Crook Point Bascule, that bridge that's stuck in the up position, always has loads of bunnies hopping around at this time of the year. I can do that ride in about an hour with going over to the Providence Pedestrian Bridge area as well. I love to stop and take photos to share with my friends on social media. It's so amazing out there. I started going out regularly again this year in 2021 in March, and I try to ride every other day depending on the weather. I ride a specialized hybrid that my husband, Tom, who is a professional bicycle mechanic, bought for me a few years ago. I'm really lucky 
because he maintains my bike, even putting air in the tires and recharging the lights before I ride each week. Don't forget those blinky lights on your bikes, my friends. So important to make yourself visible to drivers. When I have more time, I do go over the Washington Bridge along the George Redmond Linear Park, which is another favorite spot to stop for photos. I love seeing all the activity in Narragansett Bay with the container ships, and I especially love seeing the Palmham Rocks Lighthouse in East Providence uh, near Bullock's Point. And I've got some great photos of it. I use my iPhone and pretty much snap and go while I'm pausing to take a sip from water, my water bottle. I like cycling as a workout, but I also adhere to the adage, life's a journey, enjoy the ride. And I do. Riding on the bike path makes me happy, especially when the sun is out, like today. Hello, my name is Carl. We lived in Barrington for many, many years and about a year and a half ago moved to Warren. And we're still as close to the bike path as ever. Who knew that when the East Bay bike path opened 30 years ago, a group of guys would form a friendship that has taken us through three decades of life's ebbs and flows. We call ourselves the Narragansett Bay Mealmen. Yes, that's a play on the popular Rhode Island cycling club, the Wheelmen but we ride to eat. We even had Mealmen t-shirts made that fit, well, almost as they did way back when. We're still riding almost 30 years later with a few subtle changes. We no longer meet just on weekends at 6.30 at the Rock, that's where the bike path crosses New Meadow Road, in pursuit of Charisse hash, eggs, French toast, and pancakes. Now we meet at 10 or 11 a.m. on warm, sunny weekdays and stop for a coffee along the way. I guess you could say we're now fair-weather retirees. And our 30 to 50-mile rides are now 20-plus miles, and our group of 10 or so is usually four to six of us. Of course, over the years, a few have either moved away or moved on. But in 30 years... What hasn't changed are the memories, the laughs, the stories we still relive when we're together, together on this bike path of life. My name is Nancy Jakubowski. My husband and I live in Riverside and love being close to the bike path. We also enjoy going farther afield on the path because each segment has something unique to offer from the Potom Rocks Lighthouse to the Audubon Boardwalk. While the plants, birds, and wildlife along the route often have us pausing to grab our binoculars or camera, sometimes it's the humans who surprise us. One such character is someone I call the banana man, the driver of an elusive aerodynamic yellow vehicle that glides silently down the pavement on three hidden wheels. We've only seen him a few times, but unlike Bigfoot, I managed to get him on video last summer. Seeing the vibrantly colored banana shape cruising down the bike path, was a bright spot during these dark COVID times. My name is Rick Felt Steele. I live with my wife and daughter in Barrington. We didn't think much about the East Bay bike path when we moved to a block away from it in Barrington 10 years ago. But as my dog and hiking companion Rocky got older, the bike path became more and more important to us. When we moved here, Rocky was 10, but still in great shape. 
Our hikes around Rhode Island included the bike path to Bristol and back. As Rocky grew older, we took him out every day to walk the path as far as he wanted to go. He knew to turn back when he got tired. Over the years, the miles dropped. Our walks were shorter, but the bike path was the highlight of Rocky's every day. Of course, we came to recognize other regular dog walkers. One day I saw a woman we knew on the path, but she was without her familiar dog, whom we always greeted. She told me her dog had passed away. She was sad, but she was also positive. She told me about a local vet, Dr. Jen, who gave her dog great geriatric care and helped her family through saying goodbye when the time came. From that day, Rocky was a patient of Dr. Jen's. He was her patient for many years, and she became like part of our family thanks to that fortuitous conversation on the bike path. Rocky's time came in 2019 when he was almost 18 years old. We agonized over the decision. Dr. Jen counseled us with love and understanding. We felt confident we were doing the right thing by Rocky when we scheduled a final visit from Dr. Jen for a chilly Monday in January. On Rocky's last day of life, we walked with him slowly to the bike path. He was blind and deaf, but he knew the way, and he knew where he was when he got there. Riddled with arthritis, he stood on the path. No more hiking, no more walking. He soaked in the air and smell of Brickyard Pond and he lay down. After a while, I picked him up and carried him home in my arms. A few hours later, Dr. Jen joined us, and we all said goodbye to our Rocky. In my family, we call the East Bay Bike Path Rocky's Path. We hardly thought about it when we moved here, but it became the center of our world every day. One day, probably, we'll leave Rhode Island, but we'll carry the memories of Rocky and his path in our hearts for all our lives. Are you feeling it? Are you feeling that East Bay bike path love? Listening to those stories, I know that I am. But we're going to pause for a few minutes to hear from two women who know quite a bit about the East Bay bike path. First up is Cindy Elder. She is the Chief of Business Development in the Division of Parks and Recreation for the Rhode Island Department of Environmental Management. This is the department that works to help maintain the trail and promote its safe use for all types of mobility. Whether that's walking your dog, jogging with a baby stroller, riding on a skateboard, or in a wheelchair, the bike path is about a lot more than just biking. And it's seen an uptick in usage since the pandemic. We had uh, well over a million visitors at the East Bay Bike Path last year, and I think part of it is that um, we all really discovered how critical it was to be able to get outside safely. And the bike paths are one of the great connectors, sort of the arteries of Rhode Island where we can get out, we can be safe, we can be distanced, um, but we can get some exercise and and all different types of exercise, not just bicycling, um, but the many different types of exercise that happen on a bike path. There, there are some basic rules uh, that you should always remember. Some of the basics are you walk on the left and you bike on the right. And if you forget, which I sometimes do, um, look for the little symbols that are painted right on the bike path in various different places. But that helps to keep the flow of traffic um, safe and moving along. It's very important that you stop at every intersection and you know really look around and pay attention. And and this is really a call out for drivers too, 
to um, pay attention when they are uh, at an intersection that's crossing the bike path. We're all responsible for each other's safety. So those intersections are really, really important. We recommend if you're going out for the first time, bring a buddy. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's always safer, whether you're a first-time or an experienced person, if you're going on a long ride to, to go with a friend. Because things happen. You know, bikes break down and tires pop and, and you could you could fall. So um, that's a great idea. Bring your cell phone and, of course, wear a helmet. Um, that's, that's very important. Uh, so there, you know, I, there's some other safety tips that we just like to remind people of, too. Like, don't don't race. You know, if you're going past people, it's one thing if you're in a race, a sanctioned race, that's different. But when you're going along the bike path, really be mindful of all the other people. I would love everyone to think of the bike paths as their own um, special way to experience Rhode Island and to get out on them in any way that feels comfortable for you. Uh, these are accessible paths. One of the nice things about Rhode Island is it's kind of flat, and that makes it much easier for people with many different levels of mobility to get out and exercise. I'd like to um, make sure people know that uh, out of Colt State Park, we have a couple of hand cycles that are available for free um, for those who might benefit from using one of those. Uh, and so if they're interested in that, they can contact the park, go to riparks.com, look for Cold State Park, give them a call. But we just uh, really celebrate that this is the path for all of us, and it's one of the most amazing ways to see our state, to see the wildlife, to go past marshes and rivers and ocean and through towns and hamlets. And, and so I encourage people to get involved with those nonprofit organizations that are supporting biking in Rhode Island. One of those advocacy organizations in the state is the Rhode Island Bicycle Coalition. RI Bike, as they are commonly known, is a volunteer group that works to make bicycling infrastructure a safe and accessible option for Rhode Islanders. They advocate for good bicycle policy and also provide the necessary social environment for cycling. Kathleen Gannon, bike chair of the Rhode Island Bicycle Coalition, wants bicyclists to feel safe and know that they have access to this fun and free activity. This year, RI Bike has joined with the League of American Bicyclists to promote a bike riding challenge for National Bicycle Month. She told me that you can get involved by joining their group and logging your miles on lovetoride.net or through the app. Collectively, their goal is to ride 384 miles a day. This isn't a random number, but rather matches the 384 miles of tidal shoreline in Rhode Island. But really, she said, they are just trying to register as many people as possible to encourage cycling for all. If you visited a Providence Community Library this past winter, you might have noticed that RI Bike was giving out free bike lights through the city's community libraries. Here Kathleen shares a bit more about that partnership and how you might get involved to join in with bicycle advocacy in the Ocean State. We had a new partnership. We collaborated with the Providence Community Libraries where they distributed the lights for us through the circulation desks. And it was very, very successful. We were very, very happy with this collaboration. It worked beautifully. Um, 
patrons who came to the library for for books and other resources thought, oh, they could, um, you know, get a set of bike lights. Or people who were looking for bike lights found, oh, let me just look for that book that I was thinking about the other day. So it worked very well for both the libraries and for us to sort of extend our reach uh, to other populations that maybe wouldn't have thought to, to look look in these directions. Um, and I think several times a week now I'm getting emails from the librarians and, and from the library system about when, when are we going to be back with more lights um, because they really enjoyed having them too. It really does help extend the day, and it's just an easy way to sort of up your game and be just a you know just a little bit safer out there. Part of our mission is to help connect the bike paths. That's one of the things that the um, the coalition has been looking to do for a number of years is to help people be able to get from the East Bay Bike Path to the Washington Secondary Bike Trail and um, to the the Ten Mile River and to the Blackstone Bike. The other thing I will say is that cycling has seen a big surge in Rhode Island since the pandemic, and you probably have seen it right on the East Bay Bike Path. Um, you can see it with your own eyes, but it's also been documented by the Path to Progress Group, which we're a part of, that we've collected data and analyzed data, and it's definitely been a big surge. So we're, we want to keep that going and help people continue to bike and bring new bikers along with us and um, just make it be as safe and fun as possible. And so we're kind of all about having everyone have access to all the great resources for cycling uh, across the state. We're an all-volunteer organization. We're kind of out in the community. We're at uh, meetings all the time to try to promote safe and accessible cycling for all of Rhode Island. So join us if you can. Come to an event. Get a sticker. <laughs> Look for our lights. You know, join in the effort. There's always fun stuff to do and lots of, of work to keep the momentum for cycling going. Our final two stories in this episode both share the theme of underestimating distance. The first one is from storyteller Mark Binder, who hosted an earlier episode of Roadie Radio this month about Roger Williams, the Big Blue Bug, and the Clam Shake. It's a belly laugh sort of listen, Check it out in our podcast feed. The second story is by me. It combines libraries with bicycles. I told you they were some of my favorite things. Hello, Roadie Radio. This is Mark Binder. This bike path story happened a long, long time ago. So I was working in Warren for a gourmet food magazine. Our offices were right across from Blount Seafood. In fact, they've since been converted into the Blount Seafood uh, outlet store. I was working there, and I was living on Federal Hill, right behind the Columbus Theater. This was back in the day when the Columbus used to show adult films. The bike trail had just opened up, and I was commuting back and forth and back and forth from Providence to Warren, along 195, which is not the most fun drive in rush hour. And I thought, there's this bike trail. I should bike. So I got the bike tuned up, and I loaded my backpack with my work clothes, and I had no idea how long it was going to take, so I had to set out kind of early. I had to be at work at 9. I don't remember when I set out. Maybe it's 7 in the morning. 
it was a beautiful day and I'm pedaling and I'm pedaling and I go across the, I go through Providence. I go across the bridge. I get out onto the bike trail where there's that first big hill, which really is a pain. And then you go down the big hill and you start across that causeway, the, the bridge that goes right and cuts across a cove. It's beautiful. First thing in the morning, except for the headwind. The headwind was brutal. The way wind works is air moves from hot to cold. So in the morning, there's a wind that's going to come off the bay and just go into Providence because the land cools off quicker than the sea. So I am paddling and paddling and paddling and paddling and paddling, and I get to East Providence, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm almost there, except I'm not. It is still a long way from East Providence to Warren. And by the time I got into the office, I was dripping wet with sweat. Fortunately, I did bring a change of clothes, but it's really awkward changing clothes in a small office. And I was a complete wreck. At the end of the day, I've got to go back. So I get back into my bike gear. I put the clothes, which is not quite dry at this point. I put the clothes in the backpack, get on the bike, and I start pedaling, and I'm pedaling through Warren, and you get over that bridge, and you're going through Barrington, and then you get to the trail, and there's this headwind coming the other way because the wind has changed. Now the land is warmer than the sea, and the wind is pushing against me the entire bike ride home all the way back to Providence, going up that big hill at the end, and then the other big hill, and then over the bridge. It was a long, long bike ride. And for the next six months that I worked at that office, I drove in every day. A decade or so ago, my husband and I each bought a bike. I was working at the Cumberland Public Library when a fellow reference assistant started to tell me about this new bicycle she bought. She called it a comfort bike, upright seating, roomy saddle, and built for adventure. I was new to Rhode Island and eager to explore the Blackstone Bikeway, which had a section crossing through town. My coworker and I each went back to assist patrons at the reference desk, and all the while I thought, yeah, it's time I buy a bike. During the month I started a new job at the Warwick Public Library, a longtime friend of Scott's invited us to ride with him on the East Bay bike path. We'd never ridden that path. Me, being the type who always likes to cross a new challenge off my list, eagerly agreed. We met Gus at the parking area at India Point Park. It was one of those Saturdays in early June when the temperatures are in the low 70s and the warmth of the sun on your skin is still a surprise after weeks of spring rains. The views of the Narragansett Bay shoreline were the best I'd ever seen on a bike path. Despite the crowds, the place felt peaceful, and many times during that day, it was just us on our bikes and the bay by our side. If this path were a road for cars, there would be paved scenic turnouts for motorists to stop and take in the ocean air. But on our bikes, the sea breeze was always by our side, and we could stop anywhere we chose. I figured we'd turn around in Warren, after stopping for some Dells. 
but we kept on going. Let's get some clam cakes and chowder, Gus suggested. Where? We asked. I'd only lived in Rhode Island for less than two years, and I didn't know anything about the East Bay. Scott? He grew up in Cumberland, which is practically in Massachusetts. He didn't seem to go much below Warwick. Keto's? It's just a little further in Bristol, Gus replied, after taking a final swig of his lemonade. Gus had been my food tour guide since moving to Lil Rhodey. I trusted his instinct for a good place to eat, and back in our saddles, I figured I could make it another four and a half miles. My confidence began to wane as I watched the backs of their two heads get smaller and smaller. Their longer legs gave them faster pedal strokes, and they rode bikes with more gears. Entering Bristol by bike was like becoming part of the scene on a seaside postcard, the kind you'd buy for sale at a nearby tourist shop. Here the bay rippled and sparkled in the sun, the white masts of sailboats lined the harbor, and the sky, a brilliant blue, with not a cloud to dot the horizon. We sat in the grass of Independence Park, overlooking the water, our fingers dunked freshly fried clam cakes in Rhode Island-style clear broth, for me, and New England-style clam chowder, for the guys. If contentment was a little slice of summer in Rhode Island, this was surely it. Until I remembered, we had to bike 15 miles back to our cars in Providence, with bellies heavy, lips greasy, and mouths salty like the sea. This summer will be eight and a half years since I began working at the Barrington Public Library. The East Bay is no longer a mystery to me, but rather a place I've recently come to know even better by commuting to work by bike. I know that it will take me 25 minutes to ride from Providence to Borealis Coffee in Riverside. That's where I know to order an espresso drink to fuel me on the final five miles to the library in Barrington. I know to pack protein snacks and drink plenty of water throughout the workday. Because this time, I know I will have to ride back. We've come to the end of today's episode. I hope our listeners' stories have inspired you to get out and get on the bike path. Any bike path. And remember, most of them will eventually lead you to a public library. Well, you know, library is a great place to bike to. You can find the complete list of bike paths in Rhode Island on the Rhode Island Department of Transportation's website. For more detailed information, including a history about the East Bay Bike Path and the Blackstone Bikeway, check out the Rhode Island Department of Environmental Management's website through the Parks and Recreation Department at riparks.com. We will link to these in the show notes along with the websites and resources mentioned by our guests. Today's theme music is Wavy Glass by Poddington Bear. Our bicycle bell sound effects are courtesy of soundbible.com. Special thanks to the Coventry Public Library, Rogers Free Library in Bristol, and the George Hale Free Library in Warren for promoting our listener story requests to your patrons. And a big shout out to our listener contributors and special guests who shared their love for the East Bay bike path. This includes Robin Nizio, Carl Seadale, Nancy Jakubowski, Rick Peltz-Steele, Cindy Elder, Kathleen Gannon, and Mark Binder. 
Thanks also goes to Will Gregerson at Warwick Public Library for use of their recording studio and to Elizabeth Splain for our intro and outro narration. And finally, to my husband, Scott, for listening to my endless bicycle babble as I developed this episode. On behalf of Barrington Public Library and Roadie Radio, I thank you for listening. Don't forget our episodes drop every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Each week is a new voice from your neighbors around the state. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Roadie Radio or on Facebook at Roadie Radio Online. Happy trails. Roadie Radio is a project of the Office of Library and Information Services and is supported by a grant from the Rhode Island Council for the Humanities.